Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to this week's Attacking Scrum podcast. Absolutely loads to get through this week. We have got the Autumn Internationals around the corner, starting with a tough encounter for Wales at home to the All Blacks in Cardiff. And we also had some pretty interesting UFC fixtures as well. Uh, Three wins for the Welsh sides, none for the Dragons. But helping me to pick the bones out of all of this, uh, as always, Dan Killick and the Mighty Murph. How are you, Dan? I'm really good, Jed. Yeah, top weekend of of rugby and um yeah just i think the, the 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 tournament is just is so much better than it was previously isn't it really really good do you know what? i'd agree with you on that one and as you know i had very little excitement about the the south african sides joining i'm not quite sure what it is but there's been a lot less one-sided fixtures at the start of the season my gut says it's because we're going to be playing less games in the international window now i know that's set against the backdrop of wales playing a, a game outside the international window. But I, I just think that it, it, there is an incentive for people to pick their best sides for once. And um, I think that that's, that's perhaps starting to starting to offer less massive mismatches. Um, what do you reckon of that, Murph? Yeah, you're right. It, it, well, it's, it's not just that they arrange games outside the international windows. It's arranging league fixtures inside the international yeah, that, that's window. Right. That, that, yeah, that's what yeah. I meant, yeah. Yeah, it's exactly what you meant, obviously. Uh, yeah, so it, it, absolutely. Um, it, I don't know if the if it's the arrival of the proper South African sides mm. or the arrival of that huge company that I forget the name of, the American sports company. Rock Nation. Rock Nation, the arrival of them. That's given sort of a bit of a... I like to think, Jay- I like to think Jay-Z's picking the teams every week. <laughs> he's le- well, that, he's that, leaning on Benetton to go fully loaded. There was a like an executive from 
high up in the organization interviewed pitch side at the Dragons early in the season. Uh, I don't know if you saw that, but oh, I didn't. He, he looked like he'd never been to rugby in his life. You know, he looked he looked like a he looked like a pundit from the NFL. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I saw big. that. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, but he yeah. just he, he something he just exuded like a professional air, mm. professional sports business air about him. Whereas, let's be honest, normally it's just an ex-player in, mm. in a in a in a blazer. Yeah, when, when it's our end of the scale, so. Um, Maybe that is uh, having an influence. I don't know. I mean, it might, might be reading too much into it. I don't know. But um, everyone seems to be buying into it. And maybe that's because they know they'll have all their players available for most of the games, I suppose. I don't know. Yeah. That's a good point, Murph. It does seem a lot more professional, doesn't it? Hmm. Just, you know, you look at the you look at the, the referees look better. Um, whoa, 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 whoa. Ref- hang, <laughs> hang the fuck on. Just look. Look let's better. Not, let's not go too far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um, yeah, God, when you when you've watched Ben Whitehouse referee a game, uh, that that comes crashing to the ground again. Um, yeah, yeah I, I don't know though. Generally, it has it has been a lot more enjoyable than any of the previous incarnations so far. I know it's only whatever it is, week four or five, but nonetheless, definitely been enjoying it a, a bit more. And normally speaking, it's only really the kind of the derby fixtures that that get you going. The rest of the time, you're just watching. Way to play, you know. I'm a lot of the time just watching players, thinking, "Oh, how, you know, how are they doing form-wise for the Wales team?" But it's yeah, it feels a, a lot more competitive league. Uh, I mean, that said, we know Leinster will win it, but nonetheless, it's nice to have a, you know, it's nice to have some uh, some good stuff to look at. But that that kind of brings us on to, to Friday night, where we'll start win for the Scarlets. We said they needed to get a win on last week's show. They did do that. Were you impressed, Dan? Yeah, I was impressed by the fact that they got. You know they got the win. They were um, they've been up against it, haven't they? They've been pretty pretty disappointing, I think. And you know, quite um, quite a lot of pressure has been you know been mounted on them. And they it was a must win game, and they and they delivered. And um, you know, big game player Scott Williams was 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 absolutely magnificent, wasn't he? Um, along with uh, Dane Blacker as well. I thought he had a uh, a, a top game as well and was a, a constant threat moved the ball away nicely and um it was a much needed win for the scarlets that first try was phenomenal actually the first blacker one with the the offloads from uh, from sam lucy and uh who else was there shingler maybe i can't remember there was another i think it was another back row forward with with some with some brilliant handling in the uh show real stuff wasn't it? it was it was fantastic yeah. yeah and then a great support line from blacker but i i agree i thought blacker had a good game but yeah i mean scott williams just made good decisions all night looked you know looked really really solid but also like we said before a bit more of a a bit more of a footballer about him i think now as well you know it seems to be less about trying to trying to just get him to use to use power and i think he is definitely looking to use his you know use his head to unlock to unlock defenses and and that seems to that seems to suit him very well uh, what did you make of the game Merv? Yeah, I think Scott Williams being fit because he wasn't sure he was fit. Mm. We we mm. knew they were losing two sentences, two centers to the Welsh squad, but last week it wasn't clear that Scott Williams was going to be fit for this week, and that turned out to be the difference between them winning and losing because he's uh, played well all game and had two assists, so two scoring passes, and they, you know they won thirty four twenty eight in the end, which was even though they were should have been comfortable at the end they still managed to give Dwayne Peel heart, fe- heart failure with a interception which meant they couldn't 
kind of relax at the end and just you know wait for the final whistle. They had to keep going, but um, yeah, he, he, I don't know if he had been unavailable. I don't know who they they'd have turned to, but he he definitely made the difference between two sides on the night. So yeah, he did. The other thing I thought that generally, you know, like we've we've said, their defense has been really poor this season. And to be fair, yeah, like you said, it was a kind of needless intercept pass from from Angus O'Brien. But I yeah. thought what they did quite well on the defensive front is they weren't. Uh, they weren't kind of committing too many men at the breakdown. And I think that's a pack that is light of out-and-out fetches, I would say. You know, I think if you look, certainly look back at Scarlet's teams of a few years ago and you've got Cubby Boy and uh, John Barkley and Ty Byrne and those kind of players in yeah. there and you've, you've got lots of fetches, that pack just didn't, just simply didn't have it. And I think they they kind of made it, you know, obviously had the game plan to to not commit too many men and, and stifle them and try and stifle them out wide and, and that generally served them pretty well. So I think I think it was a big a big step forward. And actually I think the main thing is if you consider it's something like twenty players unavailable for them with a mixture of Wales and and kind of some long term injuries. So um yeah. yeah, I think uh, I think he needed that one. But I I think that'll that'll do them the world of good in terms of getting a bit of confidence in the camp. I think a special mention as well for um uh Steph Steph as well. Um on the on the wing. I thought he had a really good game. He was he was sort of involved in most of the good stuff that came from from the Scarlets, was a constant threat and managed to get a lot of the offloading. You know, when they got an offload, they 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 seemed to you know they seemed to cause real damage. And he, he seemed to be at the heart the heart of that. Um we know he struggled at international at international level, isn't he? But he, he had a, he, I thought he had a fine game. Yeah, he did, and yeah, there was there was quite a good, quite a few good individual performances in there. So I think that's, uh, yeah, that'll definitely kind of give uh, a bit of breathing space to to Dwayne Peel um, as they as they head into the international window. Saturday, then we got two uh, two games on the Saturday, starting with the with the derby game, Cardiff beating uh, beating the Dragons. Seemed like the same uh, the same old story here for the Dragons. Very intense opening to the game. Couldn't couldn't put together a performance in the second half, and it, and it cost them. I, I thought the scoreline flattered the Dragons, if I'm honest. Um, particularly against a, a 14 man side for over half an hour. Uh, what do you make of that one, Murph? Yeah, I, I am. Uh, I've seen the highlights and I've seen the first half, but I haven't uh, speed watched the whole of the second half yet. But I got a rough idea, and uh, it. Um... It's funny because we we were complimenting the front row signings they'd made uh, early in the season when when they were putting out a full strength pack with Will Rowlands there and whoever else, or the whole back row obviously as well. Uh, the the scrum was doing okay, but it, it was I want to say useless, but it was it was under pressure against Cardiff the whole time, um, and I think that probably enabled Cardiff to piggyback up the pitch for field position all the time and then. Um, because obviously they were they were fourteen three down, um, so I, I I was, you know, uh, strapping myself in for a, a tight game after that. But it just didn't they just couldn't really keep the penalty count down enough to hold Cardiff back. And um, the, the the other one that annoyed me, say putting my Newport hat on, if you like, my Dragons hat on, was the. Palamemos tried to chip through, where there was just no one in the backfield at all. Yeah. Totally empty backfield. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't. I, I. I did try to when I watched the first half. I did try to rewind to see what had happened to the fullback, or where I assume Jordan Williams was supposed to be hanging back. But 
what happened to him, whether he was at the bottom of a ruck and hadn't got back in position or what, but I couldn't work out what had happened to him. So that was a really soft try, I think. Well spotted by Roy, Lloyd Williams, in fairness. But it should all, I mean, it should always be a, a player sort of 30 feet behind the ruck for that, for, for just that, such that, just that, <laughs> just such a thing. And um, totally absent. So soft, soft stuff like that undid him, really. Couldn't have put it better myself, Murph. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, the thing with the front rows is, yeah, they had, a, they had a rough night. And I think if you get a couple of early decisions against you with mm. a prop, particularly like our hip, um, it, you could well be in for a rough night. I think, again, particularly, like I say, because you're missing some of the bulk behind you. Not that Joe Davis and Maximu are small lads, but, you know, when you when you lose your first choice locks behind you, Mm. That's that's going to make a difference. Yeah, you know, I still think they're going to be excellent signs. And again, they were very good in the loose again. Um, but yeah, they had they had a rough night, and that I can kind of forgive because that happens as a front row forward. Um, mm. The the softness of some of the not not just the tries, but just the the, the you know the unforced errors. Sam Davis kicking out on the full or giving away a soft penalty. Uh, those kind of things. A number of restarts that were just bungled the whole time. And it's stuff like that that just is so frustrating because again you lose all the momentum that you that you've gained by uh, by scoring the try and and that's the stuff that's you know that is just is basic basic stuff and I think that's what made it so frustrating um, and again second half I just thought it was it was really poor a uh, really poor performance and against fourteen men for a, for half an hour you've got to be better than that and uh, it was yeah I, I don't know real a real tough one to take did you catch this one Dan? I've got this one to catch up during the week. Actually, that was the one game I couldn't I couldn't make. So, um, what? Who was the, who were the standout? Who were the standout players on both sides? This is your thing, Hillick, <laughs> isn't it? I don't know why it's taken me five years to realise this, but you just want to talk about who uh, you just want to talk about the individual performances, <laughs> don't you? I, I do. I do. Um, yeah, who who's that? I mean, to be fair, there were a couple of performances. Well, Lloyd in, Williams. In, yeah, there were a couple of performances that stood out. Like Go on, Lloyd, Lloyd. Williams, Lloyd was. That's why I'm amazed you haven't seen the game yet. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm definitely um, watching it now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I thought, uh, yeah, Lloyd Williams was excellent. I actually thought Jared Evans did a very good job in trying circumstances. And I think, again, um, you know, if you're looking at two players in uh, in Jared Evans and Sam Davis, who are, you know, I would guess the next cabs off the rank if there are any injuries in the Wales camp, um, you'd only be looking at Jared there, really. I thought it was one of those games where you needed Sam Davis to, to grab it and... This is a bit harsh because it wasn't all bad, but it's one of those where he's an experienced enough player now, and in a side like that, you need him to be flawless in order to in order to get over the line. Um, and he didn't have his, you know, he didn't have his best game, I didn't think. Um, but then, uh, you know, there, there were a couple of good, a couple of good things from the Dragons. I thought Keddie had an excellent game. You know, just got through a, a ton of work and was carrying a bit more like the like the Keddy that we saw, you know, under 20 level, I, you know, there was a lot more kind of explosive carries. Whereas I think we've seen him very much shift into a blind, uh, you know, blind side doing lots of kind of donkey work uh, over recent times. So I think that was, that was encouraging. Was he playing eight then? Was he? No, he did play six and Ollie Griffiths oh, played did? eight. Okay. Yeah. Um, but nice player. It, yeah, he did, um, you know, kind of, he did well. Who else was impressive for Cardiff? Um, well, Halloween was featured a, a lot, scored the try and was, it was uh, tackled really well to save another try. Um, I th- yeah, I thought on, I thought... on the week that he's announced his retirement. By the yeah. way, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And I, th- I think the um, the front row, as we've said, 
you know they had they had a great night both Tomaszewski and uh, and our hip, but then mm. again in the in the back row Boyd and Turnbull are just you know a pair of bastards in the best possible sense, and I thought they you know they they popped up with with some some good penalties exactly when they needed them and. Um, you know, or an important tackle, or an important carry, all of that kind of really reliable stuff that you've come to expect from them, and um, and so yeah, yeah, they rarely have poor games, do they? Yeah, the the the, the pair of them. Yeah, you I know what agree. you're going to get from them. <laughs> you know, week in, week out. Yeah, so you know, again, it's uh, another frustrating loss for the Dragons, but I, I think you know Cardiff will be will be pleased with that because particularly losing losing Ray Lilo um, on whatever it was fifty. 50 odd minutes um so what know, happened there then a uh, high shot on sam davis uh, and it oh. was as well ben whitehouse yeah. i think waved play on um before eventually <laughs> having a look at the tmo um while sam davis is picking his jaw up off the floor again no no mallet no malice in it but it was just it was a, a very very hard hitch direct to the chin and yeah. um and it was you know as, as clear a red card as you'll ever see um but again, you know, they, they closed the game out well, Cardiff. They they, they managed it well, I thought. And um, you know, we all know what they're capable of with ball in hand. But I thought they were they were pretty savvy on the night, and um, and you know, got them got themselves a good win. Yeah. Uh, before we wrap up on that one, there's a special mention for um, uh, Yestin there because he ended up with um, uh, Matthew Morgan, Jordan Williams, and Dan Fish all on the pitch yeah. at the end. So. That is true. Just, uh, uh, he didn't feature much, Dan Fish, uh, on the right wing. Well, I didn't see much as, as much of the ball as Jordan Williams did or Matthew Morgan. No, but um, I still, I still, I still a big fan of Jordan Williams. Yeah, I am. But he didn't. He didn't. I, I felt like he was trying to do a bit too much um, mm. on on Saturday night. And, and sometimes he can have those games like that. But he's, you know, when it when it works, as we saw in that Connacht game, he's he's an absolutely superb talent and. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I, he's, a, he's a big asset to the Dragons, I think. But he was—they they managed to keep him quiet very well, Cardiff. To be fair. Um, yes. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. Uh, and then a big win for the Ospreys. Well, I say you know, not not scoreline wise, but I think you know, losing your losing your Wales internationals and putting away a, a strong Munster team. Uh, you know, a Munster team able to bring Connor Murray and Dialende off the bench. Oh, big result. Unreal. Man. Unreal. Huge but, result. I, when I saw the score, uh, I, I didn't see it live. I was down, actually, I was down the Knoll. My team were playing, mm. my club were playing Neathway. Uh, I came back to Cardiff and then later on I checked the score. I had to, I had to read it twice. I just could not, after I'd seen the side, because I mean, the, the back row were, for Munster was uh, Omani and, and Byrne. Um, and then they were bringing on Conor Murray and Dialende. I didn't realise Dialende was going to be available again before the Autumn Internationals. And they, you, when you look at that and then you realise who's been pulled out of the Osprey side, you start to worry then about the game on the night. So when I saw the win, I was, uh, I was like, oh my word. And I managed to catch up and watch the game. And uh, they were full value for it, you know, full mm-hmm. value for that win. Dan, I know you were um, making massive notes on the players who impressed you. And I think this is this is obviously the opportunity to do it. Yeah, well, that was an outstanding performance from the Ospreys, wasn't it? I I thought the pack were brilliant, Mm. brilliant to a man. They fronted up, you know, bullied the the Munster pack. It was a real good ding-dong up, you know, up front on the scrums. I think the Ospreys did a a job there. 
Um, Reese Davis got through a mountain of, uh, of work. I think you put a tweet out on that, and he did. He was he was everywhere, wasn't he? So quick to his feet, tackling everyone. Mm. He's in amongst it. He looks as if he's you know he's up for mixing it as well. If anything kicks off, which is always nice to see. Uh, that's that's um, another shout for yesterday, isn't it? Because he always he always talks about his mate who says uh, he says he wants second row to be about dog 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 dog, and he, and he is Reese Davis. It's just like I think he's just full of full of niggle and wants to yeah wants to to get stuck in and do the and do the hard work and I thought um yeah I, I thought he was good but um yeah Jack hey. Morgan and Jack Morgan in the back row it's, it's beyond oh. me why he's not in the Wales squad yeah Jack Morgan I mean he was he it was a it was a it was the complete performance from him I, I think he he carried I love the fact that we saw the the carrying game that we know he's got hard guy to put down you know. And they're, you know, they're they're big boys, you know, the, mm. the Munster boys. They they tackle well, they hit you hard, they want to level you. And he he didn't take a backward step. He carried well, was over Jacqueline. We know all that side of it. Link game, just just a brilliant performance from him. And um, I also thought Nikki Smith was was really really good, really good up front. Um, so yeah, Pack would, you know, Pack would just would would just brilliant. But yeah, Wayne Pivak will be looking at that. And thinking, you know, Reese Davis, you know, Nicky, uh, Jack Morgan, you know. Well, Willie, I mean, I don't know that any of this is a massive surprise, I, I would say. Um, the thing is, though, it's up against a, you know, that's a proper, proper that's side there. Yeah, that's a good point. So, you know, you've got internationals galore there and they, they had them, you know, they really fronted up. I can't believe it was the set, you know, I can't believe it was... This, you know, that, that was the Osprey side that we saw play, you know, a couple of weeks back. I was, well, I, yeah. I, I mean, it more, it more and more suggests that that game was a blip, actually, doesn't it? I think the Ospreys are going to be hard to beat this this term, um, and the I think they've got more strength in depth now, as that showed on on Saturday night. And again, they didn't get over the try line, but they kept themselves in the game with some smart, savvy stuff. And you know, you keep your points. I I think it's. If you get yeah. the points and you defend well, then there are league games there to be won, and I, that's what makes me think they're going to be they're going to be a very tough side to beat. Yeah, game line they were. That's a good point. Yeah, game line they were brilliant. When they line speed was really really accurate, to to, to use a horrible word. And um, Reece, your man Reese Webb. I mean, I'm sure Murph and you were were absolutely loving his performance. It was. Uh, I think that's a I very think impressive. The big a bigger mockery of the. Our squad selection than the others you mentioned, yeah. um, because I don't think. Although I, well, we know how good Gareth Davis and Thomas Walken and the other guy, uh, Kieran Hardy can be. I'm not sure any of them can play like the way Reese um, Webb did on yesterday. It's just the, the delay on his pass. He yeah. seemed to have forever on the yeah. ball all the time. He did. And as and, deadly as Gareth Davis, Thomas Watkins can, can play, I don't think any of them are quite on that on that level. And they just, I know the age thing, but it seems like he's cast off. And go back to Jack Morgan. I agree with what you said. Uh, how he's not on the Welsh squad is weird, but you, you have to, specifically, who would you, would you have him instead of Thomas Young or Ellis Jenkins? If I'm honest, either. Definitely Thomas Young. I think, mm. um, and that, but again, that that might be because I don't watch Thomas Young play play enough. You know, I, I think mm. the um, that that might have something to do with that. And Ellis, you know, I, that you'd struggle to find a bigger fan of Ellis than me. But again, I think he's still working his way back to that. Um, well, it was a shock. Ellis, Ellis was a shock because he's, mm. everyone knows he's not back to that level. 
So his selection was a bit of a shock. Yeah. But I just wonder mm. if he, uh, the selectors went, Wayne, the Pivac, or the selectors, whatever you want to call it, just went more for experience with uh, Rick not being available. Yeah. Nellis Jenkins and, 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 I mean, and the VD out as well. Yes, fair yeah, point. of course. And I mean, it, it looks inevitable that Jack Morton's going to going to get picked if, if eventually if he's playing like this. It's just you know it's just going to happen. But um, yeah, you, you're right about what you said there about um, the Sharks game. You take yeah. that out and uh, take that out, and they're undefeated. Hmm. Yeah, undefeated this year, and they they looked like an undefeated side last night. They looked like a side who, so uh, God knows what was happening that Friday night against the Sharks. Yeah. Uh, and I, I just before we move on from now on uh, I, I'd like to echo the Reese Davis it is Reese, is it? Yeah Reese Davis yeah. Um, it's, it's also Thomas Williams as well mate not Thomas oh, Williams what I call, oh, shit. talk too fast and my, my, my tongue my brain's not interested in accuracy after that point um, yeah um, Reese Davis he, that's as good a performance as any second row in the country this year last night and so some of the Youngsters, or the not the youngsters, the Seb Davises and the uh, Ben Carters, haven't really played as well as, well as he did, as well as Reese did last night. So that's something to keep an eye on. And also, uh, just um, uh, something that stuck in my mind is uh, the, uh, uh, Dan was saying about bullying. Mm. Used the word bully, which is something Munster like to do, yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah. and it was on my mind because, some, so, especially when they're in an arm wrestle type game like that, they just like to. It's not obviously they're not punching anyone, but it's like a. There's a lot of needle a, in there. There's a yeah. There's a body mm. language about them they, when they when they stood next to you like they they're kind of a air of contempt and superiority. Well. Bradley Davis is the exact perfect person oh. you want when someone's trying to bully you up front. Because you just can't bully him. You can't. He's not. So, every time there's a bit of aggro and Bradley Davis is there, no one bothers. Mm. They just walk away. It's easier. But if it was a you know a young kid on the on the way up, they would definitely be trying to intimidate him and and, and you know give him a bit of needle and get under his skin. And Bradley Davis, they all just sort of say, "Oh, well, there's no, no point in now. Just walk off." And so he's a perfect. Last night he was. Uh, yesterday he was a perfect. Um, perfect. Uh, oh god <laughs> the perfect selection for that match yeah he Got had a big game end. actually didn't he as well that's a good yeah yeah he did, he did. Good point on bradley he's yeah. um he's, i mean like the, the second half against big game. Uh, the big game. Sword, by, by the way he's been around it's like 16 years he's, he's exactly yeah, the same yeah, age yeah. that same age as alan Wynn. came through the same in the 20s as yeah. alan Wynn and ian evans and still going it's unreal still going strong yeah, it is. And do you know what? It's been really good to see these, particularly these last two performances because I thought it was, you know, it was a bit, um, you know, when he was in the World Cup training squad and it just, it was a little bit sad kind of watching that he wasn't quite at that that international level anymore. He wasn't quite at the level to, to go to a World Cup. But, yeah. he's pre- you know, he's proven that he can do a really valuable job for them. And the, the uh, there was like a 10-minute spell against uh, against Benetton the week before where he's doing his very best kind of uh, Nakarawa impression, which, uh, again, is something you wouldn't necessarily associate with him. But, no. yeah, just um, I, I think Dan hit the nail on the head there when he said it's kind of the, the quality of the opposition. And, you know, we've, we've often said that, you know, sometimes it can be a bit... You can kind of flatter to deceive a little bit in that league and it's a Foss last form rather than... Cheltenham Gold Cup form, but um, but yeah, I think you know beating that that monster side with some of those performances in there is um, is pretty credible stuff. So uh, yeah, hats off. I good, think I got result. another 
another point on on Webb. His um, is I think I don't know that I mentioned it, but his his kick. Did I mention his kicking game? His you kicking didn't, game... but mate, I, you, as you know, when you say I've got another point on Webb, I will chuck the rest of the show out the window and go for it. <laughs> yeah, his kicking game was. You had to just stand back and admire it. It was it, it was so good, and then his. Um, what he does offer, which is so different to the other tens, isn't it? Is the is the reading, the reading of well, one the reading of the game, but also the reading of his players, like mm. his pack and the backs. So he just knows. He, it's almost it's, it's it's like intuitive, isn't it? He knows how what what the forwards want and what the backs want. And now that he looks to be match fit, I I was looking at him yesterday and thinking, God, you know, he's. Yeah, he's a he's a different nine to to the, to the nines we've got in the uh, you know in in the squad and 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 we've always sort of known that, but now he's fit. That was a that was a pretty good performance. Just, just digging into my crappy memory, wasn't the initial reason for Reese Webb being left out of a squad or? Picked in a squad and then no use because his fitness levels weren't there when he came back. I think that into is the true. Side. Yeah. yeah, and then he's and, never and, been and, looked at again. And, and he does actually fair. look fully fit now. He to does. Be honest. But to be fair, that that you could kind of see that he did look like a guy who hadn't played much rugby when he got back from France, mm. and uh, and it doesn't it doesn't look that case anymore. I mean, what I would say is he actually you know they mentioned a, his pace as well, didn't they, or lack of. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. His, his pace. Like, just all, it must have been like it's just all, all round conditioning, wasn't yeah. up to scratch. Mm. But he did. He, I mean, he played seventy full seventy minutes, not full seventy, but seventy minutes last night, and looked. He looked sharp. You know, he looked really good fitness wise. I mean, so um, look, I, he, we we've been over this last week, I mean, with the selections. So there's no point in uh, kicking that horse anymore. Still, nice, nice couple of weeks off for you now, Reese. Get. The- Get your feet up. <laughs> Enjoy watching the game on the telly. Uh, right, we are going to look ahead to uh, to Wales's awesome campaign uh, after the break. Uh, but first, we're going to do just that and have a brief moment for Dan Killick to compose himself. We'll be back in a minute. Right, time then to look ahead to uh, to Wales versus New Zealand. What a game to start with outside the uh, the international window, as we said. So Wales will be shorn of their English-based players, and uh, New Zealand, meanwhile, have run up a nice uh, century against the USA with their mm. essentially with their second string to to come in and coming off the back of a another uh, rugby championship victory. Um, they did admittedly lose one game during that, but anything that uh, anything that gives you uh, hope, Dan, that that Wales can get a win next week. <laughs> oh, oh, um, I don't know. It's a funny one to answer, isn't it? I mean, I I I just want us to go out and give just just give just give Apsy everything and have a have a bloody good go at them, you know. Um, and it's I'm going to the game. Can't wait. Um, really hoping that this is this is the game, this is the one that we can do it. But nah, yeah, if, the, the smart money's on on New Zealand, isn't it? Of course. Um, I don't think there's much there's much that we could put on at the moment to say that it's gonna, there's going to be a Welsh win, is there? But maybe that's you know, is is there ever? You know, is there ever going to be that time? So we've got to beat them at some point, Jed. 
We do. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, the thing for me, I think it's kind of got to be a 2003 Rugby World Cup style performance. Do you know what I mean? That one that kind of came completely yeah. out of the blue with a <laughs> almost with a second string side where we just started throwing the ball around and um, and played that most amazing, breathtaking game of rugby. I have seen very, yeah. I mean, look, like we said, I, I was very skeptical about Wales's form during the Six Nations, and we laughed about it being the jam, the jam slam, and the championship and all that. But the the best form I have seen from Wales was in that defeat against France, Wayne Pivak's Wales. This is, and that level of intensity. If they can play anything like that, then I think we're into a you know we're into a different um, we're into a different ball game completely. However, the thing for me is no Toby. No Dan Bigger. Uh, who, who else am I missing off that early? Obviously, no Tipperick because of injury. Um, I'd be very surprised if Liam Williams is fit. And I think, you know, that, that level of quality coming out of your side against a New Zealand side who've been playing together for months, I, I think he's going to be a very, very tough assignment. Murph? Uh, correct. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he, well, he, even... The way the way the Southern Hemisphere Hemisphere sides have been playing uh, in the rugby championship and what have you over the last few months, even South Africa and Australia with mm. all our players back is going to be tough to beat. Um, so first up, like notoriously bad starters in Six Nations and and Autumn International series, I just I just can't see it. Uh, it normally, you know, you know, in uh, what was it now five years ago maybe some of that when when. Um, Ireland beat New Zealand in quick succession. Yeah. Ireland were going really well under under Joe Schmidt, and there was at least some sort of injury crisis going on in the Kiwi side. I think it was Brody Retallick or Sam Whitelock were unavailable. Might have been both unavailable mm. for the Chicago game, and that was their in. That was the slight chink in the armor. And even then, they still had to play really well, and that's that's how it. That's how it came to pass. But for us, I mean, I, I, there might be one or two injuries in the New Zealand side for all I know, but not well, enough. Uh, not enough. It, I think it's Sod's law, actually, because I think Whitelock returned yesterday. Uh, I mean, mm. having a long layoff, which again, just gives them another option. I think Sam Kane's on the way back as well. He might he might even have got on the pitch yesterday. So there's, um, <laughs> it's kind of the opposite. They've got class coming back in and already have a pretty settled side anyway. So and, and on that with just, uh, on that with the, um, American side, uh, obviously. I mean, they, they actually scored their first ever try against New Zealand, yeah. didn't they, on that day? But um, North American rugby generally, that's America and Canada, is never been worse. Yeah, they, uh, lost, to, they lost to Uruguay, didn't they? The other yeah, week. they're losing to mm. Southern, uh, uh, South American sides now, Brazil and Uruguay and all sorts. So, um, Chile, Chile have, have had a good run, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they're, they're really poor up there. I don't know what's going on with them. Um, yeah. They used to they just have spare spare great athletes hanging around yeah. <laughs> without a without a contract in a professional game, so they all turn to rugby, and that, they don't seem to get that anymore. So um, it's re, re, I mean the Canadian side that came to play us in 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 um, in the summer was the probably possibly the worst Canadian side that's ever turned up on our shores. So. Yeah, you, you could always point to a bit of quality in the Canadian side throughout history, couldn't you? Whether it's a Dan Boer or a, uh, you know, a Van der Merwe or a Gareth Reese or a Rod Snow or whatever. Al Sharon. Al Sharon, exactly. The Tate brothers. Tate, yeah. yeah. 
Win, Win Stanley, whoever you know, there was always a mm. bit, uh, always a bit of class in there. Who, who yeah. was it? Who threw, Murph, you might remember this. It might have been against England, but one of the Canadian players threw like an NFL style pass uh, sideways yeah, across, yeah. Side yeah. across the pitch. No, I can't remember who it was, but I do remember the occasion well. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to, I'll have to try and dig. It might have been out. Gareth Reese. Gareth Reese, yeah, was most like a funny set was move. Oh, I thought I'd remembered it if it was Gareth Reese. But um, yeah, yeah, maybe. I'll, I'll have a look. We'll, we'll dig it out and tweet it anyway. That's that's by the by. Yeah. I, to bring it to bring it back to New Zealand, obviously, yeah, like you say, I, I don't think you can read anything into the fact that they 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 hunt the USA. Um, but I, I just think it's the you know even if even if this was kind of a Wales twenty nineteen side coming into this, I think it's the fact that New Zealand have played so much time together. Um, and, and like you say, we're notoriously bad starters at the best of times. Yet alone. With a load of players missing, but um, do you think it's going to be an interesting one selection-wise, Dan, or do you think that the side pretty much selects itself at the minute? Yeah, I think it probably pretty much does select itself. But I, I don't know whether it's crazy or part of me would like to see. I don't know how we're we going to beat New Zealand. You know, could we? Could we do something different? Could we? Could we mix it up to try and shock them? I think the thing is with New Zealand is they tend to adapt so quickly, don't they? To you know, if there is a period of five, ten minutes where you catch them, you know, slightly off guard, they're the they're the best team at sort of adapting and going and on the pitch and going right. We now need to change change what we're doing. Whereas, you know, we, for instance, you know, you we we we're slow to adapt, aren't we? Um, so it's it it probably does pick itself, but I think, you know, we we need to have a couple of uh, a, a couple of different, if we can, different players to go in different directions should. Should it be needed, or, or when it's needed, then maybe maybe it's more likely. Is it is it time to play selectors? Do we want to do want to put the selecting the the selecting blazers on? Yeah, come on. Uh, yeah, I'll get my. I'll tell you one way to catch them. One one way to uh, kind of catch them off guard is to see if they want to play soccer instead. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Uh, that, that or or like work. paper scissors stone even. That is 50, a fifty-fifty chance. I tell you what, it's a good um, that's a good shout. That I'd be interested to see. Because you would back some of those New Zealand players to have some good soccer skills, but you know we've got Aaron Wainwright in the in the ranks there. Yeah, you'd pick him. He's a obviously yeah uh, some, some decent pedigree with the with mm. the round ball. There must be a yeah. few others in the uh, in the Wales in the Wales side. Mm. And also we could just like sneak Aaron Ramsey on the pitch. No, I'm not. They, have, you, you they haven't got any of that. They haven't got anyone back home in their locker like that for sure. You've taken, it too, far. You've taken it too far now, Murph. You've taken it yeah, too yeah. far. You've, well, you, I mean, yeah. that bit's ridiculous. I'm getting yeah. carried away. I think this is the Welsh win. This is the yeah. Welsh win we've been looking for. Yeah. Kill it. We've ever played them at soccer, have we? Yeah, we I have. We played them in a friendly, I think. I don't know, maybe years ago. I've completely. I definitely know we played them, but it's. I have no recollection of the game whatsoever. No, a lot, long time ago. But um, yeah. Yeah. Um, right, let's have a look. Let's have a look at the squad then, uh, and the, the the side that we uh, that we want to have a look at. Um, start as always in the front row. I mean, for me, I can only see a front row of Win Jones, Ken Owens, and Thomas Francis. That to me is the is the only option uh, on the front row. Dan, any uh, again? This is your area of expertise, mate. You. Love talking about scrummaging and uh, and front row play. What are your what are your it, thoughts on the one two three? It is, yeah, it is my area. Um, I can't see there being any changes to that to, to to the three you've picked there. The big the 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 big lumps, I think, are, are what's needed there. Yeah, the uh, the only discussion is the bench, isn't it? 
yeah, I yeah. think. I mean, if you you never know, but the, the only you know is uh, like I say, Win Jones, Ken Owens, and uh, um, Tom Francis, and then do you go Will Griff or Dylan? You want D- Dylan Lewis if it opens up. Because it will open up. Obviously, it might open up from from the first minute against New Zealand. You never know. Um, and then uh, Rodri, God knows, uh, or Reese Carey, uh, probably. Can we pick second. Nicky? Oh no, he's not. <laughs> yeah. and, and Sorry, then, I had to. Uh, probably Hooker is uh, more straightforward because we know that Ryan is a bit of a favourite, so he's more well, than likely. Well, also, I think I think there's a, a slight injury concern with Elliot D as well. All oh, right, went okay. off Last week, I think he he might be facing a, a fitness race there. So I think yeah, I, I'm fairly certain Elias will be on the bench. Um, yeah, what do you do for? I mean, I would be tempted to go Will Griff tight head and then Reese Carey loose head cover yeah i think yeah just you know there is that degree i mean like gary's still raw isn't he but i think at least there's that wrecking ball element of of bringing him on and um and having that that bit of x factor what do you reckon dan yeah i'd go i'd I'd go with that i think uh so will griff over over dylan i think we need the we need a good we need a, a top end scrummager don't we I would I would say against against them, We've got to mm. got to got to win the set piece, or, or you know give ourselves the best chance then of 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 having you know parity or or winning it you know let's go and win it, um, and then Carey, he's, you know sometimes can can blow hot and cold in that department can't he? But he's he's got a lovely lovely hands carries well. He seems to be fitter now. I think he looks he looks fitter. So yeah, I'd be happy with that. I'd, go, I'd let's, let's get Carey on the bench. I think. I mean, if you'd be uh, delighted with that, wouldn't you? Yeah, I'd be happy with that. But I, 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 a little bit like Ryan Elias being a bit of a favourite. I think Roger Jones is a bit of a favourite as well mm. as Wayne's. So it wouldn't be a surprise me at all. Because I think that's what was happening towards the end of the Six Nations la- last season. That R- Roger Jones was getting the bench spot instead of Reese Carey. Now you're asking. So, yeah, I think he was. Uh, but it might have been because of a f- bit of an injury scare to... Win rounds or something. Anyway, so yeah, that wouldn't surprise me if it's. Uh, that's what I would go for. It wouldn't surprise me if Wayne disagrees. All right. Well, let's get, yeah. Let's go with our um, let's go with our our selection uh, for now. Uh, second row for me, it's Beard and Alan Wynne Jones. As good as Will Rowland has been this season, I think that Beard just has that. You know, especially coming off the back of the Lions tour, where he made. I think he made a big impact. I think he's going to be. More battle hardened for that that ultimate test. So it's Beard and Alan Jones for me. Uh, me too. I think he's uh, important for our lineout options. Yeah, uh, and Beard. So yeah, this is. Um, I was wondering whether there was any way we could we could have Beard coming off the bench, um, but it it just doesn't quite work. I don't think as well. So. Uh, yeah, it's Will, Will Rowland's on the bench and um, and keep the keep that established pairing of Alan Wynn and Beard. Yep. Fair enough. Um, back row, I guess, is where it gets where it gets a bit more interesting. Mm. Um, tricky. I'm gonna I'm gonna hand this one over to Murph first. Well, As our resident back rower. <laughs> based on um, availability here in, in this. In, the, in this back three, uh, the, I'd go Dragons back row. It's tempting, isn't it? 
It is tempting. Well, it, 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 Wainwright starts whatever, whatever, whatever we decide. Wainwright starting because Palatel's unavailable. Well, you could so then, start. You could start Ross at eight, I suppose. Well, yeah, but it, when's the last time he did that for Wales? It, when's the last time he did it for the Dragons? He hasn't done that much lately, is he? Mm. But I mean, you could do it. But what I'm getting at is, once you do, once you, if you go with Wainwright, it, it looks like Wainwright is the second choice eight in the in the squad, mm. right? Once you do that. It's, it's Moriarty or uh, Ellis Jenkins, allegedly, uh, in theory anyway. Thomas Young or Tim Basham. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what that's what it comes down to after that. So I, I I and you know, based on the way they've been playing, that Dragons back row would be all right for me. I, I'm not I'm not um, doing that to be controversial. I think that will happen. I don't. I don't think it is controversial. I think um, like it's a pretty sensible, a sensible selection. Dan, would you be on board with that? Yeah, fully on board with that. I think there's a nice balance to to, to that back row. They've played played very well together this season, haven't they? And they know each know each other's game inside and out. So if you look at that that pack, then we've got a, a back row that knows each other really well, and a second row partnership that knows each other exceptionally well. And uh, well, and the front row, a front and the front row. Yeah, yeah. Was yeah, that the so starting a... front row in the, the World Cup semi final? It probably was, wasn't it? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, yes, um, I like that. All right. Well, look, I, I, that's not that's not a bad pack at all, is it? To be fair, so um, I like uh, yeah, I, li- I like the look of that. God, I started to get a bit more Dan Killick, a bit more optimistic about this. Here then. we go. Um, <laughs> intrigued to see how Basham goes as well. Really, re- really am. Really yeah, looking forward to seeing how he plays. I think from what I've you know having watched him play a lot. I think he's a pretty fearless player. You know, he, play, he certainly plays fearlessly, doesn't he? And I, I get the feeling that he would relish getting out there with a with a seven on his back and, you know, not being introduced slowly and going, right, this is this is for me and and looking to really really tear it up. And obviously, like we said last time we played New Zealand, when we were there, Dan and uh, and Navidi put in that outstanding performance that really in- announced himself on the international stage. And yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Basham if Basham has that kind of performance in him. Yeah, he, I think he he probably knows as well, doesn't he? That this is he's got an opportunity here, and the 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 seven shirt is so hotly contested that if he can get you know if he can if he can get a man of the match performance, you know, if he puts in just the best game he, he he could possibly have, then he's he's given a, given himself every chance and and really sort of um you know announced himself on on the international stage. So yeah, I agree with you. I think he'll be absolutely bouncing for this. No one will be able to, you know, stop him from uh from from going for it. So yeah, massive game for him, isn't it? And uh and the rest of the Dragons boys around him. All right. Well yes, Dragons the, back row it is then. The um the bench for the back row is interesting because there's only two two players to choose from. What's left is uh, Thomas Young and Ellis Jenkins, unless you uh, count Shunzer as a back row forward. But I don't think they've got any intention of exposing him to the All Blacks at this stage on his first cap. So no, it's literally you either put Thomas Young or Ellis Jenkins on the bench and that's that. So um, I'm still not sure Ellis is going to be fit, if I'm honest. Um, he might be. I know they say it was precaution. Um uh, maybe and uh, maybe it is, but it, it you know you naturally worry a bit given his given his injury history, yeah. Um, and you know the, I don't know how how much opportunity he's had to he's had to train. So with that in mind, maybe it's 
Maybe it's Thomas Young. What? Who, who would you go for, Dan? I'd go with Thomas Young on the bench. Yeah, for me. Okay, Murph. Yeah, I'm. A, I, well, I, I do. I mean, either is going to be fine. You know, if Felicenko is fit and he plays, I, I'm not going to quibble over that. But um, if the game gets really open and, and you know, and the ball's in yeah. wide areas, Ross Mariatti, uh, Ross Mariatti, Thomas Young, is. Um, I think he's our best most effective operator like that mm. in the squad. Do do you think there is a there's a chance that Pivot might pick him on those grounds given that you know to start tip, yeah to start given that Tipperick is kind of the um you know your mm. usual your usual starting seven for him. Um well it, it's a gamble if you do that because he hasn't been when's that, when was his last start did he ever did he ever run out in the summer? Uh no. I don't think no. so. I think he so, played. I think he played against Italy in, yeah. in 2019 or something. Yeah, so it's a bit of a it's a bit of a curveball that one. If you just suddenly throw him in against the best, you know, well, they're not actually the best team in the world, or are they? You know, traditionally the best team in the world, you just throw him in like that. I, so, I think it's. I think it's safe to still call them the best team in the world. Yeah. Um, it, it'd be so odd. I think it'd be the wrong call if he did, wouldn't it? Because they all, all, all the boys in the Dragons back row and know their roles yeah and it breaks that up doesn't it it yeah, breaks that up true. if you do it yeah fair enough alright then so to wrap it up on the forwards we're going uh, Wynne Jones Ken Owens Thomas Francis Adam Beard Alan Jones Ross Moriarty Tane Basham Aaron Wainwright and then on the bench Ryan Elias Reese Carey Will Griff John Will Rollins and Thomas Young Right into the backs. Look, into Killick's eyes lighting up now as well. You roll a dice on this this number nine selection. I don't think you do roll a dice. I think out and out you have to go Thomas Williams and back him. And if he has the no, stick... no, uh, uh, yeah, I, I right. do mean for, for us. All oh, right, we know what we want, <laughs> but uh, what will actually get picked? Trying to guess what he would pitch. You just roll a dice. I wouldn't surprise me if you pick Kieran Hardy, even though he's in poor form. Are you, I'm surprised you won't bet. Obviously, he likes him. I, I can't see. I can't see him picking him. I, I really can't. But again, you know, I, if I'm honest, I didn't see him being in the squad. Um, so yeah, you, you know, it, it might be completely out of left field. I mean, I, yeah, mm. for me, it's a hundred percent Thomas Williams. Uh, Dan, I think Thomas Williams will get the nod. Yeah, with. Uh... Oh yeah, no, I don't know about the bench actually. Who, who are you? Who are you picking then? I pick. I pick Thomas Williams and um, Hardy on the bench. Uh, I think in, in, a, in an alternative universe where Thomas Williams didn't strain his hamstring at the start of the Six Nations, he went on the Lions tour and did really well. Mm. Mm. Uh, only that injury meant that the other boys had to come in and have a run at nine. Um, so possibly that was Wayne's first choice when everyone was fit at the start of the year. And maybe he'll go back to Thomas again. I would. I know, Obviously, I think we all would, wouldn't we? Yeah. Uh, and based on the fact that Gareth Davis is playing much better for Athletic uh, than Keaton Hardy is, I would yeah. go Gareth Davis on the bench. I would do exactly the same. I think um, to bring do you it think, back Do you to... think Pivak will pick uh, Hardy? Um, no. Gareth? I, th- I think he will. I think he'll go Gareth Davis yeah. off the bench. Mm. I think he likes Hardy, though, doesn't he? Oh, he definitely likes him. He definitely no likes doubt. him. Yeah. No yeah. doubt yeah. about it. Yeah. Yeah, um, but yeah, but you know, yeah, you're right. Obviously, he did pick Thomas Williams to um, to start the campaign uh, mm. in the in the Six Nations. So again, he, he obviously does rate him. For, for me, it's like you know to bring it back to 
to horse racing terms for no reason other than I really like horse racing. Um, <laughs> to, Thomas Williams is, is the unexposed one, right? We haven't seen yet what he's capable of at international level. And I think he might have the improvement in him to be as good as Reese Webb. He might not, but I think it's that level of, I, you know, I think he's got that level of ability. Um, if he, you know, if he can apply himself, stay fit, etc. I, I think we know what Gareth Davis is capable of. It's about him trying to re- recreate his his best form, which is perhaps from a couple of years ago. And I think, if I'm honest, I think we've seen the, I think we've seen what Kieran Hardy is capable of, but he's not playing like it at the moment. And I think the best the best form in there is you know is Thomas Williams. So here's a question, right? If if Reese Webb was in the squad now, yep. After that Munster performance, who pick who would you pick at nine starting? Well, I. Look, as you know, it's no, it's no secret. I'd have, I'd have been picking, probably picking Reese Webb since February 2020. Maybe you know, if, maybe if he wasn't fully fit, then fine. But I would, he would definitely be in the squad, and I would start him. You start him with you because I wouldn't have Reece previously. Webb. I wouldn't have previously, but off that performance, I, he, he was, he was, he was back for me. But just, I, I, the only reason I say it is, imagine now you, you could pick. You know, Thomas Williams say to start, Reese Webb to come off. You know, wow. It, I think there is some. I think there is some wow to that. You know, there is, but I think there's also wow if you were bringing Thomas Williams off the bench as well. You know, I think, yeah, I think yeah. Webby, like you said, Webby controls the game so well, and your kicking has to be spot on against New Zealand. Well, he's got to be spot on at international level anyway, and I think he does have that. He does have a, an excellent kicking game, um, which is perhaps not Thomas Williams's biggest strength. Um, but you bring him on when the game when the game's breaking up, and the guy is you know he's got an amazing sen- sense of self confidence and knows where the try line is. He's got some great ball skills and he's quick and a threat around the fringes. That's what you know. That's what I want in a in a scrum yeah. half. Um, some some parts of Reese Webb's game are better than they ever have been. Like the the way he uh, draws players around the fringes now is better than when he was younger. Mm. He, might, he might not be mm. as um, I don't know. He might not be as good on the stopwatch. As he was, but these three scrum halves are really that's a, probably we've said this before. As a squad set of scrum halves, that's better than any any country in the Six Nations can put out. Yeah, possibly, possibly yeah. France aside, um, uh, and uh, but none of them are as good at around the fringes as Reese Webb is. It, the, the ball in hand running, the, 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 Thomas Williams obviously and Gareth mm. Davis can be devastating, but actually. Attracting defenders and putting people away. None of them is good as Reese Webb at that, and he, mm-hmm. he's actually improved from from uh, it, you know when he was in the uh, Wales side on a regular basis. So mm-hmm. no, it's a good point. But either either way, it's uh, it's not an option. Um, it's not an option for next Saturday. So we're pretty we're pretty universal. I mean, we've done a good job of talking about scrum half for ten minutes when it's blatantly <laughs> obvious we all wanted to pick Thomas Williams. Um, <laughs> Yeah, the the only thing for the bench is me. Dan's going for Hardy. I'm going for Gareth Davis. Murph, you get the deciding vote. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Thomas and Gareth Davis. Like I, I, I think I said because he's, he's playing better for the left league than Kieran Hardy is. Yeah, so it's just, exactly yeah. that. Um, right, Gareth Anscombe starts ten. No doubt about it for me, Dan. I'm going to throw this to Murph. I'm going to go last. Murph, ten. Yeah, Anscombe definitely. Yeah. You you, you don't think Priestland boys? No, no, we don't. Based on what? <laughs> like, you know, he, has, he hasn't played an international game for like four years, and that was against Georgia. Um, you know, yeah, that's, I, that's a lot in, like 
Thomas Young, international wilderness to play, facing the best team in the world. Mm. It's just, it doesn't matter how well you're playing. It's just not a good idea. I think you're not worried the... about his, his injury. He wouldn't be in the squad if he wasn't no. injured. If he was injured, I, I don't think he'd be playing for the Ospreys. If they, you know, they bear in mind they signed him nearly two years ago, and they hadn't mm. had a game out of him. If he if there was any danger of him, or they thought there was any danger of him breaking down, they would not have started with him in the season. They they must have been super confident that he was ready. There's nothing there to suggest that he is that he. Um, that, he, oh, that he's I, not fully fit because he's you know he's, he's he's played a number of games and, and done it very well. Yeah, I haven't even seen him like um, move gingerly, you know, after the, the game or, or be subbed off early and be just icing anything. Nothing. There's no signs of any issues. So, yeah, I. Well, you know my points regarding it. Re, re, regarding uh, you're worried about him getting roughed up, aren't you? <laughs> I yeah, I'm just worried about him coming back in so so quickly after so after so few games, but. Yeah, yeah, I'd be I I'd, I'd be tempted to go to go Priestland with a you know kicking game controlling and have and have Anscombe on the bench. Um, yeah, I, I, I know he could a, get I injured. Mass, I think and, it's a massive ask against New Zealand to um, to bring he, to bring Priestland into that. He's a he's a top player, the Priestland. He's but you know you, the players the players in the English prep you know all regard him as you know right up there as as a top top operator, don't they? Against you know. Great players in that league. I know he's got different players around him, but I, um, I think he's a good operator. And yeah, for me, I'd have him. I'd have him starting at ten. Interesting. But if if um, uh, this wasn't outside the international window, bigger would start, and Anscombe would be on the bench. Hundred percent. Yeah. So we're only having yeah, this right. conversation because yeah. of uh, because of the necessary greed that we got going on. You know. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Agreed. All right. Well, Dan. Dan would go Priestland with with Anscombe on the bench. But uh, I'm outvoted. I know you're you're outvoted. So it's going to be Anscombe with Priestland on the bench. Um, and yeah, you know, look, off the bench, obviously it gives you that experience. But yeah, I think I think starting would be a big uh, would would be an absolutely massive call. Um, and I think realistically, he's only in that he's only in the squad for this for this game. Realistically, um, I think that's that's the reason he's in there because you know, like we know, Chidi and Bigger are back. In the, uh, do we think if in the remaining games, do we think if Jared hadn't uh, injured his sternum or whatever it was in that game that Jared would have been picked first? I don't. I don't think Pivak trusts Jared at all. If I'm honest, hmm. do you, Dan? I think if um, yeah, if, well, if it was a shootout between Jared or Priestland, yeah, they're both were fit and available to be selected for this squad. Yeah, I, I, I. I I think I'm leaning, leaning, agreeing with Jed. Yeah, I think he would have, uh, with bigger well, being he, out, I, th- I think he, he would have gone for Priestland. Yeah, thinking of it, you're absolutely right because he had the opportunity last, yeah. last, yeah. Uh, last um, Six Nations, didn't he? And he, he actually made inquiries at Bath first. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And was told no, and then yeah. and then ended up picking Jared. So it was a stupid question by New because we already know the answer. Right. <laughs> Which, to be to be fair though, I mean the the fact that the fact that that's happened, maybe it's mm. not maybe it's not as as outlandish as uh, as I'm suggesting to think that Pivak is giving it serious thought about playing Priestland against uh, against New Zealand. Mm. But you know he's ob- he's obviously a massive fan of his. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's a good point. Although it could be. Hang on, hang on. Was he not the was he not the same coach you let him go from, or was it or was it before that? Um, that that Priestland left Scarlet. I feel like it. I feel like it. I feel like Pivak coached him for a season, and he went. Maybe 
Yeah, but wasn't it just a big money offer from Bath that just, you know, maybe. not really up to Wayne? He was getting well, a lot maybe. of stick as well, wasn't he? Yeah, well, yeah, I fully understand why he, uh, why he wanted to go. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. Anyway, It'd be interesting you know, to see who is 10. Yeah, interesting. I, I still think it'll be Anscombe, but just Me too. throwing that, just stirring the pot a little bit. Um, <laughs> right, we'll do the centres next. Um, I think it will be Johnny Williams at inside centre. I think Pivak really, really likes him. He's basically bought him back to Wales, didn't he? I think he made inquiries about him when he was... Uh, when he was coaching the Scarlets as well, he's been very keen to bring him back the whole time. Um, he's only had one run out this season, but it was a, a fairly impressive one in a game that Scarlets got humped in. Um, so I think it will be Johnny Williams, and I think I would probably do the same. What who are you picking at twelve, Dan? Yeah, so it all depends for me on who's who's playing ten. I think Johnny. Will get selected if Anscombe's ten. And um, excuse me. If Priestland's at ten, I wonder whether we might see um, Willis playing there. Willis is my selection. No matter. Is he? Yeah. Whoever plays. Whoever. Yeah. Whoever plays ten. I, um, makes no difference. So we still have Willis at twelve. Interesting. Uh, and because of injury, I mean, he's going to be paired up with Jonathan Davis. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. He hasn't actually Johnny Williams hasn't actually had that many minutes for the Scarlets this season. He hasn't had that many minutes for the Scarlets generally. <laughs> yeah. Has he? You know, really. Um, um, Willis is playing. Obviously, well. I, I, I would give. Tompkins a steer, wide berth. Uh, yeah, I, Ben Thomas I mean, has not had many minutes either. No. Has he had a single minute this season? I'm yeah, not, he may, did. Uh, he did start the game, I think. Yeah. So we well, you could easily pick a match day three there. And just say Johnny Williams, Jonathan Davis, and Ulisi uh, Aholo. That would be a match day three. Well, look, I think that is the that is the match day three. I mean, um, yeah, one of those is on the bench. I'm going. Uh, I'm going. Johnny Williams with John Fox. Murphy's going. Willis Halaholo with John Fox. Daniel Killick gets the deciding vote. Halaholo and John Fox. Correct okay, answer. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I don't. I, 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 I like Willis Halaholo a lot. Um, and to be fair, I think he'd be absolutely bouncing for that game. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah, good on him. Um, It'd be flick- end of the game. I can the see more. <laughs> yeah, no end of the game. I can see them all flicking their eyebrows at each other as they're going off the pitch. All the uh, Maori dudes. It can't be. It can't be anything new. Uh, what? <laughs> Uh, New, Ze- New Zealand playing against a side full of players who you know might have. Uh, yeah, Anscombe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, talking of which. Um, that brings us on to the back three, which actually I think there is literally no choice. Is yeah, it, it is. Go on. Well, if Liam Williams is not fit, Johnny McNichol plays 15. Yeah. And then the wings, there is literally no choice. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I'm working on the assumption Liam Williams isn't fit. So I think it is. Oh, yeah. Right, you're right, yeah. Yeah, it's McNichol, Lane and Adams. Yeah. And that's it, isn't it? I, I cannot say... Liam hasn't played a minute all season. Um, yeah, well, if he's, yeah, even if he, even if he 
is fit, he's got to go on the bench, even if you know because there's no one else to cover the back three. Uh, I guess you're right, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. Uh, unless you have you, unless you go an extra forward on the bench and have Priestland covering ten, fifteen. Yeah, six-two split. Yeah, six-two. But if, split. if you if you're going to have a back three cover, uh, Liam has to play. <laughs> Blimey. It's very, it's very lean. The back three selection. We, we've covered this, haven't we? Yeah. See, see last week's Jonah Holmes rant for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think Priestham will. Priestham can cover fifteen, can't he? Um, I think Dan wants him captain as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, senior, senior player there. Um, <laughs> um, Watch yeah, him I mean, now. He'll play, and he'll 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 keep he'll keep the ten shit now for a year. This this is really interesting though. Like if Liam Williams if Liam Williams isn't fit, is he going to call someone up? I mean, he can't call someone up, can he? He's not going no, to. No, not now. It's, it's going to be it's going to be six two if that if if Liam isn't fit. But well, there's there's options there. You know, like a Ben Thomas or someone coming in the back three or uh, or it will be. I tell you what it will be. It'll be Tompkins with twenty three. <laughs> yeah, it will. It definitely, it will. Yeah. That's what you'll do. Be on the wing after ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, which I think happened, didn't it? He didn't yeah. play on the wing against them. Um, he did against someone. Yeah. England, wasn't it? Yeah. Was it one of the one of the? Yeah, he was on the left wing, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, um, the the other thing uh, that to mention, I know that it's not a selection issue, but um, unless I'm mistaken, this is Alamin Jones' 150th international match. I think you're right. Uh, is, 150th, is it 150th Wales? match or international no, altogether yeah. Lions, is it, right? yeah I think um, wow I think and that I mean that's a stupid amount of international games it's a stupid amount of games just for your club yeah, uh, yeah. you do that you're doing that at international level I mean he's the most experienced player there has ever been in yeah. this sport <laughs> it's ridiculous crazy yeah and obviously you play more games in the modern era but you also get hit harder than than ever before I mean his longevity is just incredible yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, he's never taken a backward step during that time. I mean, he's, yeah, he's, he is going to go down. I think as as Wales' greatest ever player. I know it's incredibly hard, and this isn't one to be chucking in the last minute of the show. But um, just in, I mean, in terms of achievement of playing for that length of time um, and playing at that level, is he has to be to surely? Sure. No, it does. It does. It it, it does uh, transmit to other countries. I was taking some. South Africans up to the very little Morgan. Uh, I think they were on a stag deal or something. Took Sp- them up spying there. mission. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, they they were really green. They didn't have a clue about anything to do with Wales. So as we were going up, I pointed out to the, uh, when you go into the very little Morgan, you've got the golf courses on the left yeah. and the training base on the right. And I, I pointed out that's where the Welsh rugby team uh, trained down there, for the squad. And, and um, so when I said, so that's where Alamin Jones trains. I went, yeah. He went, oof. <laughs> so South Africans get it South Africans yeah. get it let us quickly just finish up this uh, finish up this side right so if so are we working on the basis that because if Liam is right if Liam is fit then he starts for, for me if he's actually properly fit um, it's a risk I though, think, isn't it yeah, I think we've got to work on the basis Massive that he's risk. not and if I, if I was picking a side from Pivak's squad because think it's again like even going 6-2 split where are you adding that? Where are you adding the extra forward? Are you having an extra second row in there? Are you are you having another prop? 
and having you know having three props on the bench because because uh, mm. in the back row you then ended up with yeah with with Thomas Young and Alice Jenkins. It's like I don't know. I, I, I don't necessarily see a point in that. I don't. I don't know what to. I honestly don't know what to do with this. Someone someone else made the decision. Who's wearing twenty three? Uh, well, you could go. Um, well, if you were playing South Africa, you, you would go um, six-two split and put uh, an extra second row on the bench. Yeah. Uh, but you, you're not going to. New Zealand are not going to take you into that kind of an area, are they? They're not going to go for a so. set-piece game. So you would want three backs on there. Yeah. Uh, therefore, I think it'll be five-three. Yeah. The, yeah. Therefore, well, maybe you could if you. Persist with the six-two split. You could go for two back row replacements. So you'd have Thomas, Thomas Young, and Ellis built on the bench because, based on the uh, fact, they'd probably run the back row ragged. Mm. Um, but yeah, if you if you do the traditional five-three, it's tricky to know. You're going to have a nine, a ten, and a another. It's going. I think it'll be taught. So it'll be Gareth, Gareth Priestland, and Tompkins. Yeah, I think you had it the first time. Yeah, yeah, right. First time, Jed. I mean, that's what it. That's what I think it will be. But um, I mean, it's, it feels very odd putting Nick, Nick Tompkins on the bench right now. But you know, I don't know. Fair, maybe, maybe the um, maybe this will be it. Maybe this will be the game we re- rediscovers that kind of that early sparkling form in the red shirt. We need to pull off a miracle win. Is um, a scrum after finish up on the wing? That's it. That's what we need. So, so Kieran noise. Hardy, Kieran Hardy to cover the back three. Oh yeah, or so, or or someone pings a hamstring during the week and Lloyd Williams gets called up, ends up on the bench. <laughs> Come on, it, cover obviously covering nine, ten, and eleven, uh, fourteen, uh, fifteen. In better form than Kieran Hardy, by the way. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, he did he did end up he did end up playing uh, this time? Was it this? Was it the autumn last year, the Amazon Cup, or was it in the yeah. Six Nations? I can't. Yeah, remember. he did. Yeah, yeah. There's a bit of a theme to this pod, isn't there, really, with uh, players that aren't in. <laughs> we we want to pick players that aren't in the squad. Mm. Um, yeah, well, obviously, we, we covered know. a lot of that last week, that it's. Uh, that I think there would be a lot of different things that... that, that there, there are a few things that you could question with, with those selections. But um, Well, people are flagging up all the time based on the performances this weekend. Uh, mm. Stefan Thomas, a former guest on here, was on about um, Jack Morgan and various other... Nicky Thomas, um, Nicky Smith, should I say, has been getting mentioned. But the, from a form aside, from a squad structure point of view, Jonah Holmes looks more ridiculous by the day. Yeah. Mm. And he's yeah, been playing, know. and he's been playing really well as well, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. And, and actually, he was, good, know, he was good again on Saturday. I think that's just crazy. That, but there we are. Yeah, yeah. There we go. All right, let's just trouble you fellas for uh, for a prediction. Um, oh, well, I'm going gonna, gonna, gonna to start with Murph in the absence of <laughs> in the absence of Yestin being here. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, uh, from a rugby logic point of view, um, we're probably looking at at least twenty points based on all mm. form. And also, with my rugby romance head on, uh, I don't want us to beat them at this game because I'm not going. <laughs> I have had, I have oh, had cheers, the same man. thought. I have had the same thought. Yeah. Uh, Especially because I've turned down a ticket for it. Oh, I, I've turned down all sorts of uh, opportunities. I could have gone in. Mate, you might have like... 23 on your back. given uh, it, can't, can't it looks like I could have gone to a hospitality at the game. But yeah, yeah. Um, um, I've given it a swerve because we just, even if 
everyone was available, Bigger was early and was fit. Da, 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 da. We're still rubbish first out. Always, almost yeah. always, especially under Gatland. And it's carried on into this regime as well. So mm-hmm. therefore, I'd be pleased if we're less than 20 points behind him at the final whistle. Yeah, I um, I was going to go New Zealand by I by twenty. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going. Yeah, New Zealand, New Zealand by twenty three, New Zealand by twenty three. There you go. That's my that's my prediction. But to cheer us all up, <laughs> <laughs> to, to sing us out, it's Daniel Killick with the house band. Yeah, this is going to be. This is singing, the the green, singing the green, green grass at home. That's it. The green, green grass at home. This is the game, I think, with you, Murph, turning down the corporates. So he's fresh for the pod on uh, on the Sunday. Um, oh, it won't be. J- yes, I mate, will can, be, yeah. can you imagine if if Murph had turned down a t- turned down a ticket for this game, and then uh, and then uh, Wales went and, and beat New Zealand? There's no way he's turning up fresh for the pod. No. Yeah. Do you know it's worse? Um, rugby clubs get allocated tickets and then mm. they offload them and obviously New Zealand a little bit like in uh, cricket with the Glamorgan Cricket Club they, they said uh, uh, Ashes matches sell themselves you yeah. try selling tickets for Sri Lanka uh, and this is a little bit of the problem clubs are facing now and it's because um, I think we had six New Zealand tickets left a few weeks ago and God knows how many Australia and box tickets left over. Yeah. But I was at a, I was at a big meeting, a district meeting actually, a few weeks ago, and a local club in Cardiff still had over a hundred New Zealand tickets. Really? Yeah. And the only reason that is a problem is the clubs carry the liability of that. Yeah, if they yeah, don't yeah. shift the tickets, they still got to pay. So um, I bet there's a bit. Of, I mean, I don't expect it took them long to get rid of those tickets eventually, but. Um, there wasn't any shortage. I mean, if you went on the WI website, it probably said sold out. But if you had any contacts at clubs, there was no shortage of tickets. So um, if lightning strikes and something does happen next Saturday, I will feel even bigger, an even bigger dickhead than normal. Yeah, I, it does, it, there is a wider point about that, though, as well, because that is not a new trend of struggling to sell tickets. For the, you know, that's been going on. 12, 13 years, I'd say, mm-hmm. you know, obviously you go, you go back to the days when there was a, a bit of scarcity in the, uh, in the, in the, the fixtures that were played at international level. But, you know, we, we, the times go by, you play Australia four or five times a year and, um, and, and that just doesn't have an appeal all, all the time. But, you know, no. you it used to be an exotic thing, didn't it? To play yeah, a Southern exactly, Hemisphere yeah. side. Yeah. Oh, it just yeah. happens all the time. So, yeah. you know, there you go. Wales by three boys. There oh, it is. There it is. Three. Come on. Perfect. That's Priestland, what I've been waiting for. Priestland man of the match. Wales by Fantastic. three. Good stuff. Well, Wales by three is more realistic than Priestland man of the match, I think. <laughs> well, we've, uh, we've, we'll see you next Sunday, boys. We'll, we'll see you next Sunday when we'll be back to uh, we'll be back to review that and look ahead to the rest of the uh, the rest of the autumn. Uh, before that, though, we have got a bonus pod uh, for you out later in the week, um, which was a chat that I had uh, earlier this month with uh, James Stafford, the author and uh, author and journalist, 
uh, which actually uh, very nicely um, talks about the uh, the history of uh, of Wales versus New Zealand. Um, so make sure you uh, you tune into that. That will be out on Thursday. Uh, and if you're not subscribed to us on uh, on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, make sure you subscribe because then you get a notification when we do these uh, do these bonus episodes. Um, a thank you to the mighty Murph. A thanks to Dan Killick for his uh, for his eternal optimism, and uh, Wales. Uh, thank- <laughs> and a thanks as always to our sponsors at So Coffee Trades. If you want to get the uh, get the coffee in, you can do that at SoCoffeeTrades.co.uk. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. Podcast Network.